0: See the world from a totally different perspective, ready for provocative conversation, intriguing stories and inspiration, then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hi, everybody.
1: Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to the Legends WNBP in Newburyport. Jump on your computer and check out talkwithfrancesca.com for upcoming shows and other cool stuff like my weekly truth serum. All you have to do is sign up and you'll get a weekly dose of what's true right in your mailbox. To chime in on this conversation, send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. I love, love, love to hear from you as always. I've got some great questions this week for our show today, so join in on the close-up of Talk with Francesca. All right, giveaways. Last week, I had two. One was a trip on Highline Cruises from Hyannis to Martha's Vineyard, and the lucky winner was Carrie Jacobs of Plymouth. So congrats, Carrie. Turns out Carrie and her husband, Mark, just had a baby less than six months ago, so it I'm sure will be a much-needed day off. So happy for you both. So go ahead and enjoy. And the generous folks at LA Kai gave me a $200 gift certificate to their store. They've got some beautiful women's clothing. I looked online. Really, really nice stuff. And the lucky winner is Christina Lucchese of Cambridge. I am jealous. Congrats, Christina. I guess she will be taking a trip to Osterville this summer, huh? Ellie Kai has a beautiful, beautiful store on Cape Cod. All right, enough housekeeping. We're going to dive right in. Here with me today in the studio is psychotherapist Abby Rodman, who knows more than us about relationships. She's written a book, You can fit in your bag, ladies, should you marry him. A tiny little book, you can throw it in your bag and hang out on the beach, right? Mm -hmm. We keep hoping that beach weather's coming. We had it for a brief bit last week, right? (laughs) Um, A must-read for women or men at any stage of life who are considering tying the knot. Abby was recently on the Today Show with Kathy Lee, and we're very lucky to have her here with us today. Welcome to the show, Abby, and thanks for being on Talk with Francesca today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so you are a master of what to do at the biggest crossroads of one's life, tying the knot. At the very end of your book, Abby, you ask, am I happy in this relationship most of the time? And the first thing I think of is if you have to ask yourself that question, isn't it a problem?
0: Well, I wouldn't say that it's a problem, but I think it is important to check in with yourself. Um, The kind of, you know, therapeutic um, measure for whether a relationship is good is whether people are 70% happy in their relationship. And that's the point that I was trying to get across. Are you happy enough? If you are not, if you can't answer that most of the time, this relationship feels good, it feels solid, Mm -hmm. it feels happy. Then you really have to reevaluate what you're doing in it.
1: So, in assessing whether to say I do, so later you <laughs> you don't have to say I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with some specifics. You know, what do you what do you really look for?
0: Well, I think for one thing, you need to look for compatibility, and maybe even most important, your partner should show that they are willing to be flexible. They are willing to be supportive because we grow and change so much over the course of a lifetime. So, if you're in your 20s or 30s or even beyond and you're choosing this lifetime partner, mm-hmm. know that you're going to change. You're not going to be the same person who is walking down the aisle today. So, people really do change, don't
1: they? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, when you're married, you know, especially, that's another whole topic, obviously. But, I mean, you know, I want to go. Uh, uh, bird watching in the arctic you know mm-hmm. or they join a religious organization things definitely change over time mm-hmm. how do you how do you manage that i mean well, how do you know whether or not you're going to be able to navigate that in a relationship if you do decide to marry that person
0: well i think on, on many levels it exhibits itself at all stages of a, of a relationship even in the beginning so if you um you know, if, if if there are things that you wanna do or or plans you wanna make or changes you wanna make in your life, how how supportive is your partner? How mm-hmm. willing is your partner to say, Yeah, go for it, try it? But you're a psychotherapist, so you're more in tune.
1: Hmm. Although love is lo- love, <laughs> that look on your face and my listeners can see it now. <laughs> but but you know. okay, never mind. I she's not she's not flexible. She's just had that written all over her face. Okay, red flags then.
0: <laughs> well, red flags are many. Um,
1: they really are, aren't they? And we're also, you know, like I didn't see that. How- I mean, I think red flags
0: are red and fire engine red. What Mm -hmm. do you think? I totally agree. And I think that women are, and men too, are willing to overlook. I mean, I hear the same things from women and men um, that, you know, they ignored things at the beginning of the relationship that they knew just weren't mm. weren't healthy. That weren't you know either their partners were asking them to change in some capacity that felt uncomfortable, whether you know the, the sex was good or not, mm-hmm. um, whether they felt that they could really talk to that person, um, whether they felt that person was a friend, and again whether they were a supportive partner. I mean there are there are many things we can look at, but unfortunately once people talk start talking about getting married that wedding you know planning is a runaway train oh it sure is. And I,
1: I actually want to talk about that whole wedding excitement thing. I, I looked in your book, I love that people get caught up as you put it in the craze of carrots, caterers and cakes. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, the drama around being attended to. Mm-hmm. But the day ends and the paparazzi has gone, right? Mm-hmm. Then what? Right. So, um, you know, isn't that true? I mean, that is so, so true. much of it. But before we we get into the wedding excitement, let's talk about sex. I think if I asked 10 different therapists this question, they will have a different answer. And that's probably because there are Ten different answers. Um, but what about one of marriage's most delicious problems? Give us a brief encapsulation of the good, the bad, and we'll, we'll leave out the ugly. But let's talk about sex a little
0: bit. Yes, let's, because it's really <laughs> You love that topic. just waiting in the reception area, and I said, we might talk about sex happy. Oh, I love that. It's like, okay. Well, I think it's so important. I mean, because, it is important because it really is. I mean, if you're going to have a traditional marriage, it really is, this is the last person you're going to have sex with. Um, so you better make sure that you're enjoying it, that it's good, that you're getting what you need, that your partner is attendant to those needs. Is your partner willing to, you know, work with you to make it better? Are you even attracted to this person? Do you enjoy kissing them? This is the last person you're going to kiss given, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're entering a traditional marriage. So, you know, I... many of the things in the book came from things that I've heard from hundreds and hundreds of people like like that the sex wasn't good at the beginning of the relationship right but they went ahead and got married anyway
1: and why do you think they did that
0: because they were willing to make a compromise. Because of the
1: carrots, caterers, and cakes. Well, women, you know, I don't care. You know, I, I still think that, you know, we've come a long way, but women still get really carried away with that whole wedding thing. And
0: Well, you just have to look at, you know, uh, the reality TV shows. I know. Um, make it all look so good. It's makes it very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and no then matter- all of
1: a sudden, then you wake up the next morning and go, what did I do? <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully not. not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but so let's talk a little bit about that whole wedding thing and, and, and that women um, get really excited and what can they do to really sort of contain themselves to focus on what's really important, which is the, the intimacy. And I'm not just talking obviously about mm-hmm. physical intimacy, the sex that we're talking about, but, but the emotional intimacy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you and I were talking briefly about this before the show, which is that, you know, in our society, we spend so much time educating young people about mm-hmm. everything else but relationships and marriage. And so we send them off into the world and we expect them without any training, without any knowledge to make, you know, this lifelong decision or, you know, the decision that's going to have the most impact on their lives. And it's really... um, I think a lot of people move forward with the weddings and the marriages because they, they haven't stopped to ask themselves the important questions. They haven't stopped to know themselves well enough to ask those questions. So, it really is, it really does boil down to knowing yourself and knowing what you need.
1: And the and what is the average age that I think women really start, um, or I should ask you, when do women really start feeling this pressure that they? have to get married.
0: Well, I think by I mean, still probably in the 20s. I would. Yeah, guess, I would right? think late 20s, early 30s. I mean, people start hearing that biological clock ticking. And, mm-hmm. and they feel that, you know, I've got to, I've got to meet somebody.
1: Right. And then that's when you get into, I think, choosing the unavailable man, you're too scared that right. Mm-hmm. So and you did a paper on that. And I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Um, tell our listeners.
0: Well, that was part of a um a book that um I co-authored, which is um sexy Secrets to a juicy love life Well I was and going to give it away yes. ladies, but
1: I decided that I would keep <laughs> this one but I am going to to um I am going to give away sexy secrets to a juicy love life and should you marry him um just email me and I'll draw her name for um and announce next week's okay I'm sorry go ahead
0: no that's quite all right so in the sexy secrets book um the chapter that I wrote was about availability, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, after you know, after listening to countless people tell me about their concerns in their relationships, I realized that most of the issues boil down to availability: is your partner available to you? Mm-hmm. Um, the most obvious being if your partner is in a relationship with someone else or married to someone else. Obviously, they're not available right. to you, but there are many ways that people are, are not available. They're really,
1: absolutely, there are, mm-hmm. and they can be um, very, very subtle, you know. Mm-hmm. But but they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, the workaholic. Absolutely. You know, that's a big one, and that one's a, a is very subtle because there's something attractive about a man who is successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one I think that women often miss.
0: Right. And if this, if someone's a workaholic, that means that their focus is elsewhere. And look And that's
1: really what it comes down to. If their their focus is elsewhere, they're not available. A man's sexiest quality is
0: availability. You Absolutely. Say. Absolutely. And it's not
1: necessarily sexy to a woman who is sort of attracted to that unavailable man. What makes that kind of a, a woman?
0: Yeah, I mean I think that um that's getting back to knowing oneself. So, right. for example, you know, if you are a person who grew up in a family where you were not a priority, where you were not a focus, um, this is just an example. Um, it's i just just transferring stuff onto. You're them, right? just you're just lumping all that into your adult relationship. And so, if you were never made to feel like a focus or priority why not find someone who's going to keep that going? And right, because w-
1: then you, it, you you might not even realize that it's an issue. Right. right. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I'm here with Abby Rodman, who has written a book, Should You Marry Him?, and also has written a chapter in Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. And um, if you email me, I am going to do a drawing and give away one of these books, each one of these books, and I'll announce it next week. Um, okay, more on availability. Yes, that's it. That's an interesting one. Like the, the you know, um, a woman who has met a guy who's been married four times. Mm, what, mm. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Right? He's probably not available.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's He may either... be available on paper, but... Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are, as we said, there are many ways. I mean, people may not be available emotionally, um, you know. And this kind of mysterious man um, that attracts so many women... You know, I mean, that that's a relationship that's not going to give you a lot of satisfaction. If this if a man cannot or a person excitement, but not fulfillment. Exactly. Right. Right. Um,
1: Abby, you um, answer this question for us. Um, You say answer this question or forever hold your peace. What is this million dollar question?
0: The million dollar question is, are you happy with this person most of the time? And that is, that's a question, and we referred to it a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, that if you can answer that question positively, then you're on the right track. But but I think um, I think we lie to each other sometimes,
1: don't you? So because I mean, if you've got this going back to the whole wedding excitement thing, I'm gonna get married. Mm-hmm. Am I happy? Well, I can't possibly, you know, cancel the wedding or. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Really, it's it's very hard. I think it's a very hard thing for women. I think women still have that sort of um, Cinderella complex. Mm -hmm. And I
0: think that we're not willing to trust our guts. And if we really sit and listen to what our gut is telling us, then we may hear some things that we're not so eager to hear, given mm-hmm. that we're ready to get married. We, we think we've met the right person, but we know in our gut, we know when something isn't right. Well, like, you know, if you want children, the guy doesn't want children. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot
1: of no-brainers, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that um, there's that, that uh, fantasy that, that uh, it's just all that drama around love you know mm-hmm. um anyway okay so i've got some questions here that um, people have written in front to my website valerie from saugus um said, oh, i actually i actually already asked you this but what age do you notice women feel the most pressure to get married so i guess you're talking
0: yeah the biological clock has a lot to do with that i think it, it I think it is a biological thing isn't it though hm mm-hmm. yeah, Certainly.
1: yeah I, I think it is okay all right, Valerie, thank you. Um, Barry from Danvers wants to know, is love enough to sustain us we have a, we have a lot of differences, I assume he's talking about his partner, but um, but we do love each other,
0: so hmm, yeah, Maybe. I think that's an excellent question. It is um, a good
1: question, because, I mean you know, can love conquer all?
0: I think it actually can you um as long as both people are willing to ride the waves of the ups and downs of relationships, I mean. Um, You know, there are so many, so many things that can happen in life. And when you're marrying, you're not anticipating all the complications that are, they come to everyone. So, you know, if you love each other enough to say, okay, these are the rough patches, but we can sustain our relationship through those rough patches. I do think that love can be enough.
1: But I mean, you could be in love at 22 years old, or tw- I'll even go to 25, 26, 27, and people change. Mm-hmm. People change a lot. I mean, can that? Do you be- do you believe though, as people change, that that love really can really?
0: really do? I do, you as do. long as both people are you know supportive of those changes. If you go into a marriage at a young age, expecting that your partner is going to be the same person 20 years from then, you're going to be Pretty sorely disappointed or divorced. So, you know, it it is about loving the person, but loving them through those changes and being supportive of them having their autonomy, Mm -hmm. being, you know, being supportive of them wanting to go out and and discover new things about themselves, even if those things don't involve you. Um, But the love part, if it's solid, you can be secure in it and you can, you know, be happy for your partner the eternal optimist you are,
1: (laughs) but you, um, are divorced yourself. Yes. Right. And so, um, can I ask you personally, can I ask you a personal question? Mm -hmm. So did you, do you, did you stop loving him? Did you love him when you married him? So what happened?
0: Well, that's a good question. I mean, and I address some of that in my book. I mean, my, my relationship, my marriage was complicated. Um, And, you know, we don't have time to go into the details, but, you know, I had to make some pretty dramatic changes in my life to marry my ex-husband. And that's another thing. That's another red flag. If someone is asking you to make dramatic changes... Like what? Well, um, for example, if there's a certain lifestyle or religion or um, even a geographic change that doesn't Mm -hmm. sit well with you... um, For the long term, you know, none of these things in and of themselves are issues, unless there isn't any room for compromise. So if your partner is saying to you, it's got to be this way or no way, that's a red flag. Because Well, that's a controlling person. Mm-hmm. And control is a huge issue in many relationships. Can
1: you elaborate on that a little sure. bit?
0: Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, as you said earlier, you know, many of us are attracted to the successful man, um, the, the man who's in control, the man who, you know, is going to provide for our families. And we want that. But sometimes inherent in that personality type is someone who likes to control, not just what they do in their business, you know, life, but also what they do in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And Many women find out too late that this kind of controlling personality has, which they found attractive initially. Very sexy. Sexy. Yep. Yep. The take command alpha male.
1: Yeah. She'll have, <laughs> I don't know, guy <laughs> who kind of takes me to dinner and wants to order my own food, I'll order what I'm having makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but for some women, that's attractive, at least at first.
1: I've got the, my producer, Dina, shaking her head. What are you telling us, Dina, that, yes, you don't like the idea of a guy ordering your food? No. No, <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> okay. Um, I have another question here, which is a very interesting one. Randy from Newton said, I love my fiance, but no one really likes her. This worries me. Should I be concerned?
0: Oh, I would be. That's a really interesting one. That is a
1: really interesting one. Um,
0: and sometimes, you know, when I work with clients and they're telling me about their spouses, I will often ask them, what do your friends think? What does your family think? Because, you know, those are reflective, you know, opinions of what's actually going on in our lives. If- yeah, but you've got to be careful, too,
1: with that. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, your friends, your family, yes, they love you. But, I mean, there are people who have an agenda, who have come from a different frame of mm-hmm. reference. so. We do have to be careful of that. And as much as our, our friends love us, I mean, our friends can be jealous, too.
0: I I would agree with that. But the people, but if but, but we, yeah, all, we know. all know who the people are. Yeah, we, do. we do. And so if, if Randy is talking about people he really cares us yep. and cares about, and yep. these people are saying, this person isn't for you, he's really got to dig deep and find out why. Yeah,
1: but I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying nobody likes her. Not because he said, "Okay, I love my fiance, but no one really likes her." Mm -hmm. He's not saying his friends are are um, saying, "Don't marry her." He's saying, "Should I be concerned?" He's worried that his friends are saying that you know she's not a nice person, or she's you know Mm -hmm. she's overbearing, or whatever the heck it might be. I don't
0: think it's. I don't. I think it's worth a look. I wouldn't ignore it if the people you love and trust don't like the person that you're partnering with, I think it's worth looking at. That doesn't mean that you can't go ahead with the relationship, but I think it's worth taking a peek at what they're talking about. What
1: do you think about those those couples that just um you know they meet and there's just like this intense attraction and and you know, two weeks later they're married. Every once in a while Mm I go on a trip and you see this old couple and they tell you, you know, they seem like just a nice laid back couple. Yeah. We dated for two weeks and we got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been married for 50 years. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. It I mean, definitely
1: happens. I mean, it's crazy, it's but just, I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm thinking of one particular couple of years ago that I met and I just, I, I, I never left my mind.
0: It's like two weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, I think that you should have to, you should go through a season, all the seasons at least.
0: But I think we've all heard those stories just as you're saying. And I think that there's, there's, there's luck involved there's luck involved even if you know the person for if you know them for 2 weeks or 10 years. There's still luck involved when you you know, when you decide to marry. And these people got lucky and they were willing to work at the relationship. What about people who are
1: involved with someone who has an addiction and they're working on getting over mm. the addiction? I mean, what do you what would you say to someone like that?
0: Well, of course it depends on the addiction of history. Course and you know how hard the person really is working to you know to move beyond it um I, I, so it's a tough one yeah it
1: is a tough one and and i would be worried that you know that the person is is getting into a rescuing
0: that can happen that absolutely can happen but i you know obviously you know addiction is is a major issue in our society um and people do move through addictions, and they and they yeah. live very happy, healthy lives. So it's definitely not worth abandoning a relationship because of an addiction, but you really have to see how motivated your partner is to make the changes that he or she needs to make to make the relationship work.
1: Um, Abby, before um, we go on to segment two, I just want to know, is there anything that you would like our listeners to know that you think is really important before they get married?
0: Well... As I've mentioned to you, but the listeners don't know this, I'm in the process of um, conducting a study on women in midlife divorce, and mm-hmm. that study's still open, so if anybody 40 or over is divorced and wants to take it, you can find it on my website at abbyrodman.com, Um but the interesting, one of the more interesting things that have come from the study, and hundreds and hundreds of women have participated, is that 50% of women said the reason they ended their marriages in midlife was because their partners were emotionally or psychologically abusive. <laughs> that was the number one reason
1: wow. that
0: women gave for ending their marriages. And now I have to imagine that that behavior was present. Somewhere in the origins of the relationship as uh, well, uh, yeah. And so, it that is really worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, just when you're thinking about marrying someone, how do they treat you? How do they make you feel? How do they speak to you? How do they speak to you? How supportive are they of you? How you know? And how do they treat you in front of their friends and family? Absolutely. How do they treat you in public? I mean, there are so many, many things to look at. But when you when you think about women saying that's the number one reason they're divorcing
1: mm.
0: then yeah. we really have to think about what where that was when they were getting married. Great. Abby Rodman, thanks so much. Should you
1: marry him is the name of her book, A No Nonsense Therapist Tested Guide to Screwing Up the Biggest Decision of Your Life. Ladies and gentlemen It is absolutely worth picking up. Okay, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much
0: for having me. Okay.
1: All right. Too much about the wedding and not enough about the marriage. Next up, is it time to cut the marital cord? In 1990, one in ten of all divorces were people aged 50 on up. By 2009 it had gone way, way, way down to one in four of all divorces where people age 50 on up. When we come back, why is divorce on the rise with baby boomers like never before? Don't touch that dial.
0: Baby, don't say no, no. Come on, show